Hi, I'm Mark Wade, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 77 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That would be Mr. Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. Say, say 2000 party over. Oops, out of time. <laughs> I have no idea. So tonight <laughs> it's going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> you were having some sort of epileptic fit for a minute i didn't know what was going on oh Oh my gosh all right yeah let it let us party like it's 1999 it is 1999 bob because we are covering today captain america sentinel liberty issues eight and nine which came out in 1999 and uh this is the first time we are covering this 12 issue series uh, written by Mark Wade, came out in 1998 uh, when it launched. Uh, it was the uh, companion title that went along with the uh, the main Captain America series, also written by Mark Wade, and uh, was launched uh, with Ron Garney. And for those who want to know a little bit about that story, you can listen to episode 39 when we have Ron Garney. Uh, on the show and he talks about how he was oh unceremoniously asked to leave captain america volume three and given this i guess he what did he call it a um consolation prize what was exactly it? Yeah. consolation prize uh, as like oh well you can do this series with mark and launch this and uh you could be the the, the co-plotter in addition to being the artist. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that series in a little bit. But yes, today we are covering, of this series, issues eight and nine. It's a two-part story. And Bob, this is a pretty cool, important story, if you don't mind me saying so. It is. It is. I love this. Uh, I, I love this volume, Rick. This, uh, this Sentinel of Liberty series, 13 books. Uh, I think all but one. Uh, written by Wade, um, and uh, it's 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 a great it's a great uh, series with some great stories. It kind of jumps all over the place, but there's a certain theme, as you know, right mm-hmm. of 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 the approach to to this particular volume. But these two books, in particular, this story, I think, is super important and you know super relevant uh, as it was back then, as it was when uh, you know Falcon first became Cap's partner, and and it's still relevant today. I, I will agree with you on that. Now, I do have to uh, make a small, slight correction. It was 12 issues, not 13. Was it? Yep. Huh. Uh, and I know uh, as comic book fans tend to be, uh, they will uh, be very quick to, yeah. to point that out whenever there is a slight error or oversight. So I just wanted to. Uh, uh, you, know, you, know, you know why, Rick? I've, been, I, I've, got, I've got volume two on my brain. Yeah. Do you know there was a post today in the Facebook group? Yes, that, there was. That was 13 issues, was it not? 
it was. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I was thinking about uh, okay. after having followed those posts today. Gotcha. All right. So why did we pick issues eight and nine of this series? Well, Bob, because this was the very first time Sam Wilson was dressed as Captain America. Now, I know our listeners know that, right? I know our listeners are in tune to the the mythos of Captain America and Sam Wilson and uh, remember this period in 1999 for a short two issues or not even uh, Sam became Captain America. But to a lot of people out there, um, they think it happened in 2014. And you know why? Well, because if you just Google it, when did Sam Wilson become Captain America in the comics? It will tell you. Rick Remender and Stuart Immerman introduced Sam Wilson as Captain America in Captain America Volume 7, Issue 25, which came out in 2014. And then Wilson got his own title by the same creative team in all new Captain America number one, which, uh, but, but that's not true, Bob, because mm-hmm. we're covering it right here right now. That's right. Now, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, devil's in the details, right? And, and of course, we know that in the, uh, in the issue 25, that's when Sam is, is given the mantle, right? He's handed the mantle, bestowed the mantle of Captain America. And, and as we'll see in this book, it might not work out quite that way, but he does become Captain America for a time. He does. Yeah. And and listen, you know, for our our comic book collectors out there who do not have this series, it's a it's a very affordable series, right? I mean, it's 12 issues. Uh, if you go into any price guide, every one of the issues, one through 12, is all listed as like three dollars each. You could probably find them in a local comic book shop or any convention, probably in the dollar boxes. Yep. Um, so I would go and get as many copies of Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty 8 and 9 as you can, because someday someone's going to wise up and go, that's the first time Sam Wilson was Captain America. I 100% agree with you there, Rick. I think it's been an oversight so far, but I think the, I think, uh, the fandom and the market is going to catch up to that oversight, particularly uh, as we potentially roll into a Captain America four movie with Sam Wilson as Captain America. Right. And, and, you know, once, once this podcast gets out there, Bob, our dozens and dozens of listeners are going to. <laughs> That's I right. Kid. I kid. <laughs> we have the vanguards. Yeah, Rick. I yeah. call, I like to call them the vanguards, right? Yes. Yeah. No, we're, 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 we're in the, listen, listen, we're in the three figures, okay? I don't want to toot our, toot, toot our mm-hmm. horn there, Bob, but we're, but we're in the three figures mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with our regular listeners of this yeah. show. Yep. My in-laws love this show. Do they? Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still waiting for anyone in my family to listen. <laughs> to other, than, other than my sister, Kathy, and her uh, boyfriend, uh, Sergio, who uh, are in Spain, wondering what's Bob cooking in the kitchen right now. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness about captain america crock pot yeah yeah you know i i secretly i secretly hope bob this this is this thought has gone through my head i don't know if it's going through yours but i'm like well you know one day after i die 
maybe my kids will be like, you know, I'm going to listen to to dad's podcast. I'm going to start with episode one and I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it every once in a while uh-huh, uh-huh. just to hear my dad's voice and remember right, him in his right. youth when he was still spry and, you know, and mm-hmm. whatever that, that, that's what I'm, you know, I'm hoping now here yeah. we are, yeah. here we are in episode uh, number 77. So if my kids were, if that was their plan, here yeah. they are 77 episodes later, like, wow, dad, I finally caught up to your request. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I told my son, my son's 12, right. And I told him that I, I download the, uh, the raw files for, uh, for these podcasts and I set them aside, uh, on my, on my desktop. And I said, and I do that for the same reason that you did it, you know, that someday if I'm gone, long gone, you have my collection that you've sold on eBay and you're still wondering, you know, why dad, <laughs> my dad was so into Captain America, you can listen to these podcasts and you can learn a little bit more about me and hear my voice and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, wow, that's, it's going to be really nice. I'd have to be really bored, but, <laughs> but, but it's nice to have that option. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's very nice. Hey, wait a minute, Bob, if you have a message right now from, from the beyond to Bobby, oh, right. what, do you, what do you want to say to Bobby right now? Oh my God. Who's listening to you? Oh my uh, gosh. After such a long time. Yeah. I told you to study more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, what should I say to uh, my kids? Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I would try to come up with something witty and mm-hmm. funny and stupid dad jokes, but mm-hmm. all I'll say is, Kids, I loved Captain America, as you know, but I loved you more. Oh, my gosh. Very nice. That was good. Damn, I blew that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, um, so Bob, you know, we we talked about in the last episode um, uh, getting various reviews in on uh, Apple, right? Right, Uh, yeah. And so we have um, this particular... Um, uh, where we are uh, an offer, you know, contest, uh, if you will, where we're basically saying to our our listeners who give us a five star review on Apple, um, once we get to ten, we're going to pick three random ones and give you a what would Cap do challenge coin, and so we uh, we put this out there. Oh gosh, Bob. Um, I want to say in the fall last year, right? Yeah, um, it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, we, we, let's see, we have, since then, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Today, we're going to do number nine. Oh, we're getting there. We're going to do number nine. And here it is. You ready? Ready. This is from Glover M25. Hmm. I wonder if it's Super Glover. <laughs> I wanted to say that, but I didn't have the the cojones to do that. So is he is he going to he's going to go ahead and give us a review here? <laughs> oh, Miracle there. <laughs> here. He's just unsubscribed. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so he, he gives us a five-star review, and the title to this is Excellent Captain America Podcast. In a world full of podcast options, look no further than this one. 
Rick and Bob host this hour-long weekly podcast. Well, <laughs> sometimes they're a little longer. He only listens for an hour. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's his commute. (laughs) Oh, they're not an hour. Oh, because that's when I stop. Um, here you go, Bob. They are both well spoken and have very interesting insight into the comics and news they review and discuss. They also done a brilliant job bringing several different types of guests to show, including creators, professors, and fans. Unlike other shows, this one strives to remain optimistic and upbeat. The focus of this show is strictly on the comics, but other topics do pop up here and there. I highly recommend you check out this podcast and always keep in mind, WWCD, what would Cap do? Nice. So thank you, Super Glover M25. Great review. Yeah, we appreciate that. And that was number nine in our contest, Bob. So uh, next time we're going to have to come back and let let, uh, let everybody know what the 10th is. And then, and then maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll randomly pick three. What do you think? Uh, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for this to happen. Folks uh-huh. have been just waiting for the day. Indeed. You know, Bob, uh, before we get into, this this uh these two issues i'm kind of excited i don't think i can wait to the end of the podcast to reveal what the next episode is Ooh. should we do it what do you think do it yeah do it why not okay you know those of those of people who only listen for an hour i mean they're gonna <laughs> they'll, they'll benefit from this uh departure from the normal procedure all right bob so next episode which is episode 78 it comes out uh, the beginning. Uh, comes out the, the first Wednesday in April, and as you know, the the first Wednesday of every month, we have a guest. Our guest next episode is going to be none other than longtime comic book writer and often Captain America writer Mark Wade. Yeah, I I know folks are going to be super excited about this. Yeah, we we already talked to Mark. We recorded mm-hmm. it because, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you have to go out of schedule because of uh, other people's you know, availability. Um, it was a great conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 It was really, really fun. And uh, we actually talked to him a little bit about these two issues that we're covering today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was fun to get his reaction to talking about these because he probably were the only ones who ever asked him about it. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, and the cool thing is, uh, and, I, and I, folks will realize this when they, when they listen to that, to that particular episode, but you know, he, he was only going to talk to us for a, a short amount of time relatively, but yeah, he did. He, he, he said, he the decided, beginning, yeah. yeah. Right. And he decided like, Hey, this is pretty good. We're going to keep going. I know. Yeah. So, and then, and then he gave us some compliment, like nice compliments. He goes, he, he goes, I, I normally get this, ask the same six questions, but you guys, you know, you asked some really good questions. And then he said, let me know. And I, when I can come back, I, you know, I'd be happy to come back at a, you know, in the future. And we were like, eh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. 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 But I'll check our, we had options. to play coy. We had to play coy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if that doesn't whet your appetite listeners, nothing will. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, come back next episode for that. Um, one last thing before we get to these, uh, because this this episode comes out on March 30th. And Bob, March 30th also happens to be the last of the Elite Eight in our bracket mm-hmm. for the cover madness. And for so for those of you who have not been on the, our Facebook page since beginning of March, shame on you. You got to go and check it out. Every day, noon, Eastern time, we, in our bracket, in this cap madness bracket, we started with 32 covers. Now, by the way, we started with more than 32 covers. We started with over 150 covers, um, and then people voted on those, and we do, took the top 32, and then we seeded them. And uh, then every day at noon, people vote for, you know, one of those two that are that are uh, battling it out that day. Um, and then today is the last of Elite Eight, and we're gonna we're gonna kick off uh, the final four here in uh, another day or two. Mm-hmm. So so Bob. We have no idea, right? Because we're mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. still in Sweet Sixteen when we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, but if you were a betting man, Bob, mm-hmm. who do you think makes it to the championship? Who are the final uh-huh. two? Not the covers themselves. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll make this easy for you. What two artists do you think make it to the championship as far as the covers are concerned? That's a tough call because I, I know, I know, I know one of them is going to be Zerk. I, I hope so. I know it, right? right. But you know, I he's think, my favorite cap artist. Yeah, so. but I, th- I think on the other side, it could be either Simon or Kirby. So you're saying the final two should be, one of them should be a Kirby and one of them should be a Zach? I think so. I think, I, I think, think if I was a better man, it. I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. Because going into this, um, competition in round one zek had the most with nine of the 32 covers yeah that's impressive it is yeah right that is super impressive kirby had six who's got the most covers um i don't know i maybe kirby uh, but i maybe i don't know uh Sal Basima's done a bunch, although he didn't even yeah. make it into the. He didn't this, even make it, which is that is a kick in the ass for me because I love Sal. Yeah, I know a lot uh, of us his, love his, Sal. His, uh, his I, I think awesome. the reason Sal didn't make it was because he's got good covers, but not like not fantastic covers. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I think you know, um, I don't know. Well, but, that's the rub, though, right? Because we have seen in like the voting, right? We we. People, you know, that's the best part of these things, right? The the, the brackets that you did last year for uh, for um, for artists, and this year for covers, right? We people look for different things. They look for the aesthetics, or they look for the nostalgia, or they look for for something, maybe the story that it represents, right? And so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've been surprised at some of the covers, but uh, it's not always about the aesthetics as much as it is about what the cover speaks to in you. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And I will tell you, I, it kind of disappoints me just a little, listen, I get everybody, but for me, this isn't your favorite issue. 
this is your favorite cover. Yeah. And so it's the cover, not the story inside or not the nostalgia of what happened inside or not the, um, the key, the key component, like it, well, it's, right. it's the introduction of Captain America in Avengers four, or right. he gets his own series in, in Captain America hundred, you know, like, no, that, that, I mean, to me, right. no, that's yeah. not what this is about. We're not saying what's your favorite issue. We're saying what's your favorite cover. Now I say that, and I'm going to do some blasphemy here. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the cover it's going to make it pretty far. Mm-hmm. I know you're going. Captain America 100. Yeah. Right. I get the significance of the issue, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's a, it's a key issue. It's a grail for a lot of people who don't have one. Um, but if you just, if you just, just look at the cover itself mm-hmm. and just, just the cover itself, you've got all these characters in the background. You got an Iron Man, you got Thor, Namor, Sharon Carter, Giant Man, and, and they're all fine um they seem a little out of proportion as far as like sharon's a little bigger and namor's a little bigger uh, but their feet all seem to be around the same like if they're all standing together like their feet are together but anyway but Mm -hmm. then then you've got a black panther who's who looks like he's just floating Right, because his feet are on the ground, and then you have Captain America, who's just floating, like his feet aren't even touching, right? And it looked like it looks like this was all drawn, and then someone said, "Well, you need to put a a ground level somewhere there." And so there's some black, and then they put some white lines, and maybe look like it's tile. I don't know. It's just, it's not a well thought out, yeah, or well executed cover. It it's just an ensemble of characters that are in the story. I know that's blasphemy. I mm-hmm. realize mm-hmm. that people are going to like hate me for that, and I apologize. Jack Kirby is a is a, the king. I get it. He's brilliant. We owe so much to him, but it doesn't mean everything he's touched is is brilliant. Right. So when I see that, and then I compare it to, um. You know, like for instance, in round uh, two, I want to say it. Um, yeah, in round two, which is already passed, so uh, this may be sour grapes or whatever. But it's going up against Mike Zek's two eighty six, which is the Deathlock Lives cover, mm-hmm. where he's got Deathlock in the sewer and he's got Cap in the scopes. I look at that cover and I say to myself, that draws me in, mm-hmm. like that captures my attention that makes me want to look and in, in, in open up the issue and look inside right. the story which yeah. is what any good cover should do yeah right whereas the captain america 100 doesn't do that to me it doesn't pull me in mm-hmm. it doesn't like <laughs> oh i want to see yeah. these guys all standing around inside as well no you know i mean like that's i don't know but that's that's me no. yeah you're right you're right i mean that's 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 a perspective right and and i there's two things that that i, I think surprise me uh, not surprised, but like what I would say is that, you know, there are different errors of, of comic book covers, right? And so what was groundbreaking or, or uh, it's almost like reading the Bible, right? And one of the ways to read the Bible is oh, yeah. to... I can't tell you how many times I think that, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> is, to, is to read it 
in the way that it would have been read or understood by people at the time it was written. That's Which one time, way. Bob? Because it went through many, well, many, no, many, no. many well, different. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking. I, I, I get that. I'm not saying it was all written at once, or you know, it, it certainly was written over thousands and thousands of years, right? But you know, a particular book was written at a particular time. Um, for I was talking about the translations. Yeah, I'm talking about like the original text written for a purpose at a time. Uh, and so you can interpret for modern usage now in a modern context, or you can look at it how it would have been understood at the time um, when, when it was first, you know, read. And so comic book covers are like that in a way. So like Avengers 4, you know, I don't think that cover is groundbreaking. Right? No, it's not. No. Nope. But if you, if you appreciate that cover to how it might have appeared to someone at the time, you might see it differently than how it would appear to somebody picking it up off the shelf now and comparing it to a contemporary comic book. That's one thing. The other can I, can is, I comment on that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So hold your thought. Think about what that yeah. other comment is. Um, and I agree. I 100% see that all of these have some sort of timeliness to them. Um, and then you also have to put yourself in the mind of the, the reader at that time. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. so Captain America, I'm sorry, Avengers 4, while it's just another Avengers Assemble cover, yeah, it's not because if you're a reader at that time mm-hmm. and you see Captain America on the cover, you're like, wait a minute. I know him from like 20 some years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. And that that's going to pull you in. Right. Just just the mere fact that he is on that cover. Yeah. Will pull you in. There's nothing special, or unique about that cover. Mm-hmm. But that particular thing. Yeah. Or that moment pulls you in. Right. Yeah. That's the feeling. So that's one lens, you know, other than strictly the aesthetics, right? It's a, it's a lens. And, and I'm surprised quite honestly, you know, I mean, we've, we've had this discussion offline, but like, I'm surprised like Ross covers or Epting covers weren't more impactful in the right. original round. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. cause I think Ross covers are extremely aesthetic, right? Yeah, um, beautiful, but, yeah. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I mean, I was shocked by some of those. A, a lot of modern covers I, I didn't think made the cut. And I think it's because, you know, they're modern and, uh, you know, they're closer to our time as opposed to, you know, maybe when we were younger or things seem more nostalgic in some way. And, and the covers were groundbreaking at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's a lens that we use as well. Like a lot of Zek covers were like groundbreaking when, when they hit the shelves. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we remember that groundbreaking, breaking nature of, of those covers and that, uh, and that gives us a thrill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing too, is, you know, I, I'm just, you, you said n- there was no Ross covers. There was only one Epting cover. Um, <laughs> if you take a, there's a there's a whole decade of covers not represented yeah. in that 32. Like, there's right, nothing yeah. from the 90s. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing from the yeah. 90s. And I I I I don't wanna I don't wanna talk mm-hmm. poorly about anything, but you know, rightly so. I mean, like when you think of <laughs> When you think of the top 32 covers of Captain America of all time, you're not going to probably pick a cover from the 90s. I'm just, you yeah, just probably not going to happen, right? You know, I mean, no. uh, you know, although, and when I say 90s, I mean like 
after Garney. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. there were there were three Garney covers that did make it, mm-hmm. um, you know, into the into the thirty two. Yeah. So I mean, I think the bottom for any of those 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 artists that are uh, that are that are listening, you know, it's it's not simply like oh my god, which is the best art. It it sometimes has a lot to do with other factors that uh, that we can't quite put our finger on. But certain covers give us a thrill for certain reasons that maybe, you know, are uh, not not irrational, but but maybe are at a different level of our consciousness. So I'm going to go back to what you said about, you know, timing. Right. And and you mentioned that right after I mentioned Captain America 100 in my in my, you know, just critiquing it. Okay, so and I'm, I'm holding up Captain America 100, you know, showing it to Bob right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 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 book. Um, now, a, a few months later. No. I take that back a few months before. Um, this issue came out, mm-hmm. which and I'm holding up Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos issue 13, which is. Uh, a the first time, quote unquote, that Nick Fury met Captain America. And it was it's a World War II story, right? Yep. And so it was retconned, essentially. But you look at this Sergeant Fury cover versus this Captain America cover, yeah. and you can say, which one of these did Kirby really put his heart into and which one of these did he just throw together? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So to me, yeah. this isn't a time period. This isn't a, you know, uh, for what it was at that moment. This was the difference between, you know, uh, taking his time and and putting in a, an excellent battle scene with Cap leading the charge and with Bucky and Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos and, and action going on. And then, you know, here's uh, a bunch of characters on the cover. Yeah. No, but I but I do think that the Captain America 100 elicits an emotional thrill uh, for a lot of folks because it was Cap's first series, right? It was his own series um, in the Silver Age, and I think that that sort of you know sort of pings the subconscious in a way uh, that you know hits the pleasure centers, maybe uh, that maybe the art doesn't stimulate. Ah. <laughs> Pleasure centers stimulating. What, what are we talking about here? This is a, this is a PG, <laughs> PG show, Bob. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right. So let's get to Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, issue eight. Uh, this uh, we'll go over the uh, the creative team here. Um, so as we mentioned before, this was written by Mark Wade. Uh, the uh, penciler was Cully Hamner, and he also did the cover. Uh, Inker is Scott Elmer, although if you look in the credits inside the comic, it the Inker is known as Pond Scum. Um, <laughs> I could call it worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, the colorist is Matt Hicks. The letterer, um, there's a whole bunch of people. Uh, it was basically listed as the bullpen. And then editor, Matt Idelson. Now, Cully Hamner, um, nice guy. I, I actually, I know Cully. Um, he, uh, I've known him since my first store. Um, so this would have been 1991, I want to say. And at that time, he was the artist um, on Green Lantern Mosaic, hmm. which was a um, spinoff series starring John Stewart. And he came on. He he came to my store. I was the actual first. Uh, sorry, the second uh, book signing he ever done. And uh, uh, so we hit it off. Nice guy. Um, and then that was uh, when I had a store in Alabama. And then when I had my store in Atlanta. He came and did a signing there a couple of times. Uh, and he's, he's been a career artist uh, for a very long time, he, mostly a fill-in guy. Uh, so if you you recognize a name, but you couldn't say, you know, where he's from, it's probably because he's been a, a fill-in artist, uh, mm-hmm. you know, off and on throughout his career. He does a lot of commissions right now, does a lot of shows. Um, you can check him out. He does uh, great commissions. So we talked, so we talked a little bit about, are we going to talk a little bit about like where this story like sort of fits within the, the broader timeline or? No, I was just about to get to that. Oh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's a great point. Um, yeah. Cause, and we'll talk about this with Mark Wade in our mm-hmm. next episode, right. Mm-hmm. About the Sentinel of Liberty series and how that is the stories within the stories right. uh, or between the stories, I should say um, this one. Uh, occurs somewhere between Captain America 139 and 144 is is what they're saying. So uh, Sam Wilson, who's introduced in Captain America 117, he has that original uh, orange and green costume, uh, is his original one. Um, and then this one takes place between 139 and 144 because the it, it's around the same time Steve Rogers is, is, is a police officer mm-hmm. and he became a police officer in issue 139 and the Falcon gets his next costume, the, you know, the more familiar red costume in 144. So it has to take place somewhere in between there. Yeah. 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 And there's like, there's like, there's two storylines, right. In that series, right. The one, 139, I think, I don't know, 142 or something is uh cap and the Falcon against the gray gargoyle. Yes. And then there's that one standalone issue. Um, I think 143 where, you know, Red Skull shows up to, uh, to antagonize uh, racist animosity uh, in the city. And so I, I, you know, I, I was like struggling to try to figure out like, oh my gosh, you know, like where exactly does this fit? And I, I don't think there's a specific spot that it fits 
either mm-hmm. between those two stories or concurrent with those stories. But it's kind of cool to go back and read those stories after reading this and, and trying to visualize where it might fit in. Yep. No, it's fun. It's fun trying to figure that out. Uh, so on the cover here, uh, we have a Captain America and Falcon in their costumes um, in a alleyway, almost looks like a, you know, kind of like they're trapped. Uh, there's, uh, you know, brick, brick buildings, walls all behind around them and fences. And um, there's a poster behind them too. And it says um, uh, something about, uh, I am so an American and then it's crossed out and it's not. And it's uh, other little posters saying sons of the shield. And, and when they say shield to show Captain America's shield uh, and, and here says Cap and the Falcon versus the greatest evil of all. So if that doesn't get you, Bob. Mm-hmm. So the opening page is a uh, looking up into the sky in the sun and flying in is a bird. This country has a thing for birds. Take the eagle. It's a symbol of America. But in Harlem, there was once a different symbol for freedom and justice. The falcon. And then we cut to the next page, which is a double page splash. And it's falcon and cap um, in a crowd on the streets and uh, handling um, terrorists. And there's a, uh, a stage where there is uh, somebody, it says Hotch for mayor of New York City. Hotch, that sounds familiar, Bob. Who do you think he's referencing? There? Yeah, that might have been, uh, it's about, was it, it was about this time? Or was it earlier for Mayor Koch? Huh? Yeah, <clears throat> this is Hotch. And so, by the way, this is a monologue from Sam's point of view. And that's what we hear in this story. This was my turf. My, by day, I was Sam Wilson, Harlem social worker. But whenever trouble came around, I was the Falcon, partner to Captain America. Together, we fought the good fight, but I'll never forget the summer that nearly cost us everything. Acting on a police tip, we were staking out a wannabe mayor for his own safety. Race relations were at an all-time low in New York City that hot June, particularly in Harlem. And militants of all creeds and colors crawling out of the woodwork we've been busy all week busting terrorists of all sorts some using high-tech weapons others armed with plain vanilla assault rifles nothing we couldn't handle of course and then uh as they're fighting these terrorists the falcon does a whistle can you whistle bob oh i can whistle with the best of them yeah can you do what what that, that type of whistle the falcon's doing right now i cannot i cannot tweet yeah that's a uh, hard one that's a right? hard one yeah that's like a you know kind of yeah but yeah. i can't do it really loud i can't, like, I can't do those yeah i can do yeah. that yeah that's a good one yeah yeah that probably is different yeah different bird how you doing <laughs> uh, so he says um Nothing we couldn't handle, of course, the three of us. Atta boy, Red Wing. And so Red Wing, the Falcon, 
comes down and uh, attacks one of the uh, the terrorists. Weirdly enough, all our attackers had only one thing in common. They weren't a wasp in the bunch. What's a wasp, Bob? A white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. And, and Falcon pulls a mask off one of the terrorists, and he's African-American. I don't think my neighbors didn't notice and didn't judge me by the company I kept. And, and so he is in Harlem, right? So most of the people in the, in the streets are, are also black and they're, they're kind of given Sam the, the eye. They're given the slight eye. Yeah. Yeah. Tense as things were, I had to be extra care to be perceived as Cap's partner, not his sidekick. especially with the stink of sewage in the air. And so Cap and Falcon are walking down the street and there's somebody's got a TV on and he's watching TV and, and they, through the window, they see, because he's got it really loud, Carl McDonald here, WNYX, with John Mason, leader of the white supremacist group formerly known as the Sons of the Serpent. Apparently now the Sons of the Shield, so renamed to establish a connection to a certain sentinel of liberty. John? And Cap's like, what? Absolutely, Carl. Captain America and the Sons of the Shield are the same team. We're allies. Oh, really? We both work to show the people how a white America is a strong America. But... Admit it, Carl. He stands for the values established by our country's founders, not by the immigrants. You can't honestly think they'll get you'll get Cap's backing. I can. In fact, the whole nation will soon see that he's on our side. Mark my words. We believe in Captain America, and he believes in us. Oh, look at that expression <clears throat> on Steve's face. Yeah, even his eyebrows are like furrowing. He is. So next page, we cut to both of them uh, out of their cost, their uniforms. And Sam's uh, kind of got like a, a green polo shirt on and some in some khakis. But uh, Steve is in his police uniform. Needless to say, they didn't sit well with Steve Rogers, but he let it go, at least for the next few days. As Cap. He pulled some strings for his policeman identity to be moved to the Harlem detail, at least until the neighborhood showed some signs of cooling. And then Sam says to Steve, can't believe that Mason jerk didn't upset you more. You're not worried about these sons of shield soiling capped rep. I'm not going to sell the American people short, Sam. They're smarter than that. Most everyone knows that Cap and the Suns are about as far apart as a political spectrum as they come. Doesn't mean I'm not angry. That costume stands for all Americans, not just the blonde, blue-eyed ones. And he's pointing to uh, a shop, um, and uh, in in the in the window is a uh, is a Captain America mannequin, you know, dressed like well, a mannequin dressed as Captain America with a shield. And those folks who have fallen for Mason's bogus claims hamper its effectiveness. Cap may have to take action to clear his name just to ease these racial tensions. Speaking of which, 
Have you realized something about the last eight or nine guys we bagged? No. What? They're all black, Steve. To be brutally honest, if the Suns are playing into that, that's not helping Cap's image. I hadn't noticed. Of course he hadn't noticed. As corny as it sounds, Steve's mind didn't work that way. The only colors he saw were red, white, and blue. And that's interesting. Uh, so the kids, these little these little Harlem kids are standing around a hydrant on the sidewalk, and they've got like a wrench, and they're trying to like pop the hydrant because, you know, it's hot summertime. Right, yeah. And here's a police officer walking by. And what does he do? Absolutely nothing. No, he does. Yeah, he does. He takes the wrench and he opens it up for the kids. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right. I was looking at the next panel. Right? I yeah. mean, like, that's that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah. So next page, we're, um, we're in Sam Wilson's office. And he's got some guests in there as Steve's just kind of sitting on the couch. Sam, we're worried about these sons of the shield. Really worried. Been terrorizing the merchants. Even got a storefront set up just outside of Harlem. They're recruiting actively. My congregation is talking about demonstrating there. Peacefully? Maybe. Maybe not. They're afraid, Sam. Which is why, Reverend Chapman, I've asked you folks here. You and Hamilton with the Retailers Association and Principal Brown to discuss our options. We need a coalition of local leaders to organize a reasoned, peaceable force. This is my neighborhood, always have provided for me, and I may not always have done it proud. But those days are over. Sam Wilson pays his debts. I swear to you that I will do whatever it takes to keep the sons out of Harlem. Believe it. So, interesting. You know, Bob? Mm -hmm. Sam says, in his neighborhood, I may not have always done it proud. Those days are over. I pay my debts. What's he referring to there? I think he's uh, he's re- he's re- he may be referring to that retcon, right? Uh, that Snap Wilson story. Yep. Yes, he is. And for those who aren't familiar uh, with the the story he's referencing, um, there was a a retcon story by Steve Engelhart that talked about Snap Wilson. Um, that Sam had some some bad roots that the Red Skull had programmed him so that Steve would like him. Then um, J.M. DeMatteis came around and he retconned the retcon in a backup story called Snapping. And... Um, because uh, he didn't, he he didn't like he didn't like that. He thought it was um, a little disrespectful to the character, and um, so we had a good conversation with J.M. DeMatteis about that. If you want to check that out, go to episode thirteen, and uh, awesome, awesome interview with J.M. DeMatteis. But episode fourteen is when we get into origin of the Falcon. So we actually cover uh, issue one seventeen from nineteen sixty nine. Uh, and then we we cover the, the issues I just mentioned about Engelhart in 1975, and then the the snapping story of of 1982. So, episode 14, check that out for the origin of the Falcon. 
Now, during this whole time, Steve's just sitting on the couch. He sees some crumpled up things in, in uh, paper in the trash can, and he pulls one out, which is a little ballsy, don't you think? And it is a little, uh, little nosy, yeah. Yeah, and it's a letter um, from the Connecticut Outreach. Dear Mr. Wilson, uh, one last time, we implore you to consider our job offer Given your reputation and expertise, we are prepared to double your salary should you uh, decide to relocate to our area. Please advise on your availability. So basically, Sam's like, nope, my heart's in Harlem. I got to pay my debts. Sam says to in the monologue here, big talk. I couldn't even smooth the tension in the room. My lady, Layla, was uncharacteristically quiet. She couldn't take her suspicious eyes off Steve. We made some vague plans, too vague for my taste, before adjourning. This wasn't going to be easy. And then everyone leaves, and it's just Sam and Steve. You were mighty quiet. This isn't my turf. No one in this room, including you, wanted to hear the white cop tell him what to do. Besides, I enjoyed your speech. I'd like being reminded why I picked you for my partner. Still, yeah. Sounds like things may get worse before they get better. So we cut to the next page, and we are in a subterranean base of um, the Sons of the Shield. Amen. Only later did we learn about the Sons of the Shield secret bunker and what was going on down there that would catch up to us later. And there's a guy sitting at a table, and he's working on machinery, like some weapons, and there's some people standing around, and uh, they're looking at the weapons. Beautiful. Now we can at last advance our agenda, a giant step. Thanks to the wizard, he's designed these assault armaments to our exact specifications. So he stands with the sons, well recruited. He'll be invaluable to our cal. Silence, dolt. Genius tolerates your money, but not your prattling. I have no interest in your racist agenda or goals, only in your cash, which I'll use to finance a new frightful four. Until then, handle these weapons carefully. Now, who gets the bomb? Give it to a Johnny. Me? It's Sunday, Mr. Jackson. Shouldn't you be in church leaving an offering? Now, who's a Johnny, Bob? And that—that's uh, one of one of the neighborhood leaders, right? One of the one of the folks that's been complaining about all this this activity going on. Exactly. So he and he's and he's black, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And here he is with the sons of of uh, the shield seems a little odd don't you think it does seem a bit off so when they say he's supposed to be in church leaving an offering he does he leaves the bomb in the church he leaves the church and there is an explosion obviously killing and maiming a lot of people Mm -hmm. and then sam's out at a basketball court talking to the to the youth think i can swing you that scholarship bro and sis, her too. You're both good kids. And I promised your mom that 
And then Steve comes up in his police uniform. Sam, the First Baptist Church, it's been firebombed. Let's go. It was chaos. Victims everywhere. Steve and I did our best to dampen the panic. You, get that man into triage. That woman's in shock. She needs oxygen. Go. But there wasn't much we could do about the rage. And there's, there's the crowd there. Hate crimes. Striking against the brothers. What is it, those sons of shields? I bet it is. And Sam hears all this and he addresses the crowd. Whoa, whoa. We can't jump to conclusions, people. That's what turns a crowd into a mob. We need your help. And that means we need you to stay calm. We don't know that it was the sons who... Yeah, guess again. And who is it, Bob? It's a Johnny or Johnny, a Johnny, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And he's holding a flag. I found this in the wreckage of the church. These are their colors, man. They signed their work. A Johnny Jackson. He was lying. I could tell because his lips were moving. Unfortunately, not everyone caught the same clue. They knew what they wanted to believe. And then the crowd starts going on. Holy, it was the sons. They'll pay, they'll pay. Blood for blood. Let's go to that storefront and smoke out them rats. Wait, wait, you, you can't just... Wilson's right. We can't hit that place. Not straight away. I know for a fact that the sons are armed to the teeth. But I also know we can get ourselves enough weapons to even up the sides. Are you with me? Yes. The crowd roars. Oh, God. They're gone. We can't stop them. Then if Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers can't make a difference around here, maybe Captain America and Falcon can. A few minutes later, we were at ground zero. Ajani's followers were storming the SOS stormfront like wild men. I could hear police sirens approaching, but they may well have been a million miles away as fast as things were moving here. Hold it right there, people. Mob violence won't solve anything. Go home. Let me investigate. You? He's one of them. Told you he was working for them racist pigs. Take the building. Take the building. And just like that, bedlam. I saw reporters eating it up. And suddenly, I smelled a rat. How did the TV cameras get, get there before the cops? Satisfied? This is what hate mongering gets you. And Cap's talking to um, the leaders of the uh, Sons of Serpent as he's in the building. Let's go. I've got to get you to safety, despite my better judgment. Out the back. I'll block. Go. Perfect. Remote armed, Karsten. And ready, boss. Target locked, gentlemen. And on our first try. Jackson, you know your part. Every second counts. Get wizard's weapons to the rioters. Sure enough, before I could blink, the crowd opened fire with cannons. Stark Industries would be jealous of. No way a Johnny Jackson could provide heat that sophisticated. Clearly, he was somebody's puppet. And I had a sick feeling. I knew who that was pulling everybody's strings. People, stop. We're being played. But nobody heard me over the chaos. They heard nothing at all. But what they saw, oh, what they saw. And then there's a reporter here. We're even now 
Dozens of Harlemites are storming a Sons of the Shield installation using weapons of unknown origin against this organization's apparent defender, Captain America. No, you're being snow. Cap's not. And Sam gets hit by the mob. The mob was only getting hotter. Blood was going to spill any second, and Cap knew it. He had to move fast if he was going to cool the scene. Target's outside, Karsten. We've lost our protection. Now's the time. Deactivate the weapons, but stand ready. And just then, the weapons that they gave to the Harlemanites uh, stopped working. Yeah, they're all on a remote. What the? It went dead. What are you waiting for? Gun them. With what, Jackson? This piece is shot, dude. Everybody's is. The pile on. What's it going to do? And Cap says, this. And he throws his shield up at the roof, hitting out the base of a water tower that crashes and then drenches the water on the folks down below. Beautiful. That took the wind out of everyone's sails. Only for a moment, but a crucial moment. From there, we knew we could get the ride under control without loss of life. Reporter on the scene where Captain America has allegedly championed the sons of, with tensions so high, there's no telling what will happen next. Or so I thought. And then that remote that you talked about, Bob, mm-hmm. they activated it on. Now, reactivate. And then the kid who was talking about how his gun wasn't working, all of a sudden was working. And it fires and it shoots Cap in the back in this big panel. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing left, Bob, but ash. My God. My God. What did you do? Nothing. I, I swear it just went off. It just proves that the destructive rage of the Harlemites cannot be contained. So we got the, the leader of the sons mm-hmm. comes out. It proves that this is a dark, dark day for those who stand for a strong America, who stand for the noble ideals which we and our ally, Captain America, fought valiantly for. Have these people no shame? No to murder in cold blood an American champion? A hero who selflessly laid down his life to defend a just cause? He was playing it too big. And right then, right there, I knew. You, you did this. You made it happen. But the police are holding Sam back. Officers, please hold him back. How dare you cheapen his sacrifice with lying accusations, you savage. Now and forevermore, Whatever the sons of the shield do, we do for him. For the man who believed in us when others opposed us, who was forever our beacon of truth. No. For Captain America. No. That very night, the sons began their patrols through Harlem, bullying the people while hiding behind their right to assembly that he fought for. I couldn't believe we were played like that. I couldn't prove it, but I knew. I knew the Sons of the Shield arranged the hit to make Captain America their martyr, to poison his legacy. I remembered the speech Steve gave about the costume and what it stood for, what it had to stood for. Now people would always wonder, what did it really stand for? I couldn't let that happen. 
I owed it to Cap to restore its honor, to preserve everything it represented. And there was only one way I knew to do it. And, and Bob, remember that, that mannequin with the Cap costume I mentioned before? Yeah. Yeah, the costume store. Yes. Yeah, Sam went and, and grabbed it. And then he's standing there, and there's this young kid who was uh, spray painting the store. And he's running, but he runs right into Sam. Don't hurt me. Don't don't mean to. You? Relax, kid. No one's going to hurt you. Not while Captain America is on the job. And there we have it, Bob. <laughs> there it the is. Very first time Sam Wilson as Captain America. Yep. To be continued. All right, Bob. So for number nine, we actually have uh, a little bit of a different creative team here. Uh, same writer, Mark Wade, but the, the we have a penciler, uh, Doug Braithwaite. Uh, I think he's referred to as Dougie in the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anchor is Dan Green, so that that's changed as well. And colorist uh, is uh, is the only only similarity besides Mark. Uh, we have Matt Hicks back as a colorist, but the letter is John Constanza. And then editor, of course, is Matt Idelson. So, um, and the cover also is by, by Doug Braithwaite. And on the cover, we have a fallen Captain America laying, and above him is a visibly upset Sam Wilson in his green and orange falcon costume holding cap's shield and it says on the cover bob with steve rogers down and out a new sentinel rises from the ashes harlem the night was hotter than the hinges on the gates of hell and not just because of the weather fortunately i was on patrol doing what i could to cool the fire and so what we see here is it's it's nighttime in Harlem, there's fires going on, and then we see uh, these these white guys. Um, with one of them has the symbol of the Sons of the Shield, and they're beating up uh, this black man. And but out of nowhere, a shield comes and hits the two guys that are doing the beating, and um, Cap comes in and punches out the third. Relax, friend. You're safe. I'm here. You? But but you're... You're... I'm Captain America. Deal with it. Next page is a big, giant splash. Sam Wilson in the Captain America uniform with fire going on behind him. And then there's a little recap going on on the next page. Um... WNYX News reporting a new Captain America in New York, apparently out to shape the world that, despite the claims of the white supremacy group, the Sons of the Shield, the captain is not their ally or their spokesman. When quoted, this captain, who may indeed be the former Falcon, claimed that, quote, no matter who's in the suit, Cap fights against bigotry and injustice. Still, despite the best efforts of New York's finest, Violence between the sons of the residents of Harlem continues to rise, with the governor threatening to bring in the National Guard, if necessary. Next page, 
we see these two white guys walking down the street and they see uh, they're holding the Daily Bugle and uh, it says, who is the new cap? And there's a picture of Sam as cap uh, taking on some people. And this one guy spits on the, on the newspaper, Bob. Turns my stomach. Can you believe someone like that would dare hide behind the colors of the flag? And then Sam shows up in, in his uniform, Cap's uniform. No one's hiding, you creep. Just the opposite. I aim to be in your face while I run you racist pigs out. Some promise. The war against the Suns was only days old, and I was already exhausted. The odds against me were unreal. Still, I was determined to clear them out of Harlem myself and fast before the National Guard stormed in and fanned the flames. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Uh, what did these guys do that Sam would just go in and start kicking their butts? Um, hmm. As far as I know, spitting on a newspaper that you own is not a crime. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, maybe he's been following them. You know, I mean, I hate to read too much into it, but like these guys are patrolling the streets of his neighborhood, right? With mm-hmm. with clubs and, you know, there's fires set everywhere and, you know, burned out hulks of cars. So, okay. you know, maybe he knows what's going on here. Well, the reader sure doesn't. To say I felt awkward wearing star-spangled threads from a costume shop would have been an understatement. I wasn't Captain America. Not really. I was Sam Wilson, the Falcon. And like Cap, I couldn't believe my eyes when those racist pigs, the Sons of the Serpent, decided to become the Sons of the Shield and spread their hate while pretending the Cap was their symbol and ally when the truth was he was their target. And when Cap and I found ourselves in the middle of a riot between the Suns and Harlem activists, my best friend was killed before my eyes, disintegrated by a weapon used by a brother, but secretly fed to him, I figured, by the Suns themselves, so they could claim Cap died defending them and turn him into their martyr. Not while I was on the job. That man, that identity, it stood for something important, and I wasn't about to let it be remembered as something foul and repugnant. So then, Sam, as Cap, he's up on a rooftop, and there's a uh, there's a black man who is sitting there. Looks like he's smoking something. Hello, Johnny. Screw over any brothers today. And then he hits him, sends him flying back. What the? You, you, you're dead. You can't be. Oh, <laughs> good. That's a good one. You really had me going there for a minute, bro. You ain't that cracker cap. You're the Falcon put on some serious wrong colors. You say, I'm going to be laying some black and blue on you. Unless I heard where you got those weapons you ran during the riot, Jackson. According to the man who pulled the trigger, the gun that killed Cap came from you. Yeah, yeah. Preach to the Statue of Liberty, Uncle Tom. I didn't know nothing about what went down with your pal Cap. Yeah, well, 
Don't tell me. Tell the bird. <laughs> and here comes old Red Wing flying in. And he comes, claws coming right at a Johnny. Talk to the man, Red Wing. See, a Johnny, Captain America, and the Falcon have different methods. Cap protects the country. Falcon protects the hood. And he just pushes a Johnny off of the top of the building. And he's screaming as he's falling. And just then, you see Falcon with Cap's shield on his back dive and go past him. And he lands on a, um, uh, I guess, fire escape. And he grabs him by the ankle. We could fly like this all night, Johnny. Where have the weapons come from? Want me to drop you? So, Bob, I got a question. Uh huh. So, when I was a kid, yeah, uh, there is this thing called um, physics. Physics, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Isaac Newton uh, was at the top of a, a high, you know, place, yeah. and he drops an apple. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I, well, okay. Well, you know, there's he was underneath an apple and the apple tree and all that stuff. Right, right. But, yeah. but, but if he dropped an apple and he dropped a feather, mm-hmm. apparently, mm-hmm. which one, which one landed first, Bob? Well, you know, they would both land at the same time, Rick. Uh huh. But there's, yeah, you know, there's other factors going on, right? There's friction. There's all kinds of things, right? But I know where you're going with this. Falcon just sort of jumps off the building and follows him down. And it's like a roadrunner cartoon, right? He passes him in midair on the way down. There's no, there's no way to do that unless he had some extra velocity. Like if he was shot out of a gun or thrown or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess this is where we suspend our belief. Yeah. It, it looked good though. It looks good. Yeah. So he says, you want me to drop you? And then you hear a voice say, we do. Well, well, sons of the shoe. You want a Johnny? Really? And here I thought he was useless. No, 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 don't. And he throws a Johnny down on top of one of them. This is the other one that kind of maybe just, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's like, if, if he just drops him, wouldn't the guy just kind of like back away a little bit and let him For, fall? Yeah. And cripple yeah. him? Yeah. Right. And this is, I mean, this is clearly something Steve Rogers probably wouldn't do, right? Oh, I mean, that's true. You wouldn't chuck him off a building even to catch him. Um, something in the golden age, he certainly would have done. Uh, sure. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have caught him. But, you know, and then to like drop him off a fire escape onto a group of other people, knowing that that fall would probably result in serious harm, if not fatality. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a daredevil move. That's a moon knight move. Yeah. Certainly not a cap move. Tough fight. They caught me by surprise. Even with Red Wing's help, I was badly outnumbered. Or so I thought. In the next page, we see somebody with a a, a piece of wood just come up and smack one of the, the sons in the back of the head. For a second, I had the brothers on my side. Until they saw the suit, some thought I was part of the sons. Others figured me to be a traitor to my race. 
But even though they'd seen me fighting the sons in the heat of the night, no one was thinking very rationally. My own people didn't trust me one bit. And that was going to have to stop. It's him. He's with them. Stop him. He's getting away. And he jumps up onto a fire escape and he, as he's hanging from up there, and he goes, I'm not going anywhere. Now, listen up. I'm wearing this outfit for one reason and one reason only. To shove it down the throats of bigots. If you're looking for a sellout, a Johnny Jackson's your man. He's been working both sides. Pretending to be a brother while taking his orders and running weapons from the sons. And that stops now. I promise you, I will not rest until our streets are safe again. America belongs to all people, not just to white supremacists. This is my home. This is your home. This is our home. You with me? And the crowd went wild. And Sam thinks to himself, huh, maybe it is the suit. Unfortunately, Johnny took the opportunity to bolt. And by that time, I cleared the cheering mob. He was out of sight. Red Wing, take the disguise, pal, and keep a sharp eye. If we're lucky, we could trail him right back to the bad guys. Sure enough, Johnny's running into the headquarters. Let me in. Let me in. Mason, you got to help me. You said you'd protect me if I stoked the locals. The Falcon's after me, and... And you let him hear? Now, Bob, I just want to point something out. This is what happens when you switch artists. Yeah. Okay. A Johnny looks completely different. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Right. He yeah. looks like yeah. a teenage kid yeah. as opposed to a much younger. Yeah, a thirty-some man with a mustache. Like yeah. now he's a, you know, a kid, teenage kid with clean shaven and then mm-hmm. um the uh mason who's the leader of the 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 sons of the shield it's almost like the artist drew him as um the wizard he did i noticed that as well he's got a very colorful outfit on yeah and he's yeah. got the 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 haircut and the goatee and he, he he looks like the wizard yeah that was drawn in the previous episode yeah I think there was a little mistake going on here. What do you think? I do. I do. I do think. Yeah. Okay. So um, Mason's upset uh, that he thinks that he was led here. You fool. You are by the very color of your skin expendable. Were you really so stupid to think we do anything for the benefit of someone like you? Take him to the chamber. The gas has arrived. It's time we tested it. Gas? Tested? No, please. And they throw him into a chamber and close the door. Well, not so much a gas, Jackson, as a biothenic virus. Carefully engineered to affect only men of color, courtesy of the same cause sympathetic genesis who have been refining sickle cell anemia for us. White America is tired of being shoved around by the other races, Jackson. Using this, we can reclaim Harlem and show the master race that it is possible to take back anything and everything that's rightfully ours. Thank you for your cooperation. And then we see this green mist coming in 
and uh, um, Ajani is starting to convulse. You know, it's interesting, Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know much about sickle cell. Do you? I, I'm not. I mean, I, I don't know a lot about it. No. Well, in my in my role, mm-hmm. I'm in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work for a company in pharma, and one of the um, the products that we work on um, helps people with sickle cell disease. Okay. So I got the chance to to learn uh, a little bit more about, actually a lot about it. And it's it's a debilitating disease. Yeah. That f- affects African Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's they go through these horrible pain crises. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, it is it's debilitating. I mean, like you never know when it's going to come on, and um, it is. It's something that is uh, in, incredibly incruciating pain, and it affects their. I mean, and, and and by the way, it's terminal. I mean, like they don't live past you know a certain age. Most of most most cases. Yeah. And um, the uh, people lose their jobs over this. They they in many cases don't graduate school. Um, you know, relationships. <coughs> it, it affects every level because. Yeah. You never know when it's happening. And then, you know what the sad part about it is? Um, it's it's a misunderstood and misunderdiagnosed disease by doctors. And so in many cases, when someone is in a pain crisis and they go to the emergency room, the doctors on staff think they're lying and they just want drugs. Yeah. It, it it's a horrible yeah horrible thing yeah. but it, it it primarily and when i say primarily almost entirely affects um you know it's it's, it's strictly an african american um, i think if i'm not mistaken i mean it's it's very rare um but i think wasn't the czar nicholas's son didn't he have sickle cell anemia i i'm not, i don't know i don't know yeah you know 1917 the bolshevik revolution the czar's youngest the only son of the czar, the whole Rasputin thing. Rasputin was brought into the family. Anyway, long story short, uh, yeah, I think that uh, was part of the issue that led to the downfall of the czarist regime uh, in the communist revolution. See, and that's the difference between a guy who's in pharma and a guy who's a historian. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) So let's get back to the comic, shall we? All right. So uh, just then, Cap's shield comes in and hits uh, Mason, and it makes a noise, Bob. Spitting! Perfect. All right. Yes. Hands off, Mason. You lunatic. You'll kill millions. If we're lucky, get him. Before I was jumped, I cut the gas. Even a Johnny didn't deserve that, but I was too late. And as soon as my hand was off the control, I was in trouble. Unlike Cap, I was no super soldier. I could barely hold my own. And only then, because I recognized their moves as my own. As crazy as it sounded, they fought just as if they, like me, had been trained, next page, by Captain America. And there's Captain America coming up and striking Sam. Now, the thing about Cap, though, 
He's got a contraption on his head. He does, yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. He was alive, but given the circumstances, that wasn't necessarily good news. Cap, stop, it's me. And he picks up his shield, but Cap's shield just shatters Sam's shield, which is obviously not the real deal. He was under some sort of spell, and neither I... Cap, wake up. They've made you a puppet. Shake it off. Nor Red Wing could snap him out of it. Ooh, and just then, Cap takes a shield and smacks Red Wing. Yeah. Yikes. And, And Cap's making short work of Sam. You thought we disintegrated the captain, Falcon? Instead, we teleported him here and enslaved him using sophisticated electronics. In public, he would be our martyr, our symbol. In private, he could teach our soldiers to be the ultimate warriors. But just then, a brick came through the window of their base. And then you see one of the the guards. Holy, red alert, red alert, we are under siege. Repeat, we are under siege. And with that, things went from bad to catastrophic. The crowd had followed me, and they weren't going to stop until they battered their way in. They had no idea how big a tiger's tail they were about to grab. To your post, but hold your fire. You won't need your guns, not once I open the gas chamber. And he does, and the green gas starts coming out. That left me no choice. I noticed some wiring atop Cap's mask. Fighting panic, I ripped it loose and prayed I wouldn't short-circuit his brain in the process. And Cap yells, Bob. (laughs) Where, where, Where am I? Waist deep in the big money, partner. You've got a snap, too, and fast, because we got a mob on our hands about to march straight into genocide. Yes, let them in. This is exactly what we want. They'll fall, and we will stand on their corpses. We will stand... 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 No! The virus, it's flawed. The whites are supposed to be safe. We're supposed to be safe. Oh, my God. Run, run. I wanted to join him, but couldn't. Somebody had to seal the chamber and turn off the gas. And it sure wasn't going to be Mason. And the next thing you know, you see Sam and Mason wrestling with all the green mist around them. Get get back. Are you nuts? We have to, <laughs> we have to shut it down. I won't let you. If this is the sacrifice I have to make to eliminate your inferior race to prove the superiority of whites, then I go with honor. My God. I remember thinking he really was that insane. He still believed whites were superior. And as we both were dying alike, you you call that honor, you sicko? How dare you even use that word? And he punches Mason out. My lungs were heaving. It was like breathing ground glass. Come on. (laughs) Come on. 
and he hits the lever. I couldn't even tell what I was doing anymore. I wanted to believe I was cutting off the flow of the virus, sealing the chamber door in the nick of time. But as my vision started to fail, there was no way to be no for sure. Not until I looked up to see. Cap, is that you? And there it is. There's Steve over top of him. No. There was only one Captain America here today, Sam. And he grabs him and picks him up and walks him out into the street. And it sure wasn't me. Good work, good work, partner. Good work. And there's a close-up of the two of them with their hands clasped. And then the next panel, it's Cap's gloved hand, but Falcon's bandaged hand. And on the TV, you hear Falcon's actions discredited the sons of and, and Steve in his Cap uniform standing over Sam in a hospital bed. Wake up, friend, and welcome back to the land of the living. I, I, I made it. The docs battled your virus down. After some hospital time, you should be okay. Unlike Mason, who survived no longer than the reputation of his organization. Now that the truth about the sons is out, they're history. Thank you, Sam. Not just for what you did, but how you did it for me. Not just for you, Steve, but for the suit. I've learned a lot from you, man. And maybe the most important thing is about the power of the colors. Not the black and the white, but the red, white, and blue. And that's all the schmaltz you'll ever hear from me. Now, if you excuse me, whoa, whoa, where do you think you're going? It's bed rest for you, pal. Easy for you to say. I got work to do, partner. I got to get back, back where I belong. And then it cuts to a scene and Sam back in his green and orange uniform, holding Red Wing on his wrist, looking out over the city of Harlem in the nighttime. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> well, it's a good story, huh? That was a great story. I love that story. Well, I mean, there's parts of it I don't like, obviously, but uh, but it's a it, it was a timely story in '99, as I said. It was a timely look at what happened, perhaps between 139 and 144, uh, and it remains relevant. You know, it made me think of uh, you know we reviewed the United States of Captain America. You remember that first issue where where uh, Steve is sitting in his apartment and he's thinking about the shield and he's thinking about his legacy and he's thinking about the mantle of Captain America. And he talks about, and he says, I'm pretty easy to repurpose for people's various agendas. True. Right. And that's exactly what this story is about. It's about people trying to repurpose Captain America for their agenda, Uh, an agenda that he has nothing to do with. certainly one that is antithetical to everything that he stands for. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. By the way, if you didn't listen to uh, us covering the United States of Captain America, uh, go to episode 41. Uh, we covered the first issue there, and then uh, you'll, you can find out the, the subsequent issues. But uh, episode 41 is where we kick off that story. And yeah, Bob, you're absolutely right. Um, 
you know, he, he understands that he can be repurposed. And I think Mark Wade understood that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I and mean, obviously he did, you know, from this story. And Bob, this story is, you know, 23 years old. It's hard to believe, you know, one of the, one of my favorite things uh, to see and, and, and often seeing is when in the Facebook group, you know, for Captain America comic book fans, Facebook group, um, I do my daily flashbacks, you know, once or twice a day. And I cover the comics that come out in the month, like for instance, month of March right now. Right. And, and then I'll say 42 years ago, and then I get into the issue yeah. and and the comments are always, Oh my God, this was 15 years ago. This was 20 years ago. This was 25 years. Ago. It seems like yesterday. Yeah. And, and I, I think about this and, you know, next episode, you, one of the questions that you asked Mark Wade was, we're always thinking about we're in the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but here is this story is 23 years, 23 years written 23 years ago. Right. And it could be written today. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it could have been written. I mean, in the, the issue, you know, issue 143 has a similar sort of story, except it's Red Skull. And so it makes you wonder if like in the grand scheme of things, maybe Red Skull was behind this in some way. Right. It's um, the Red Skull. What's that? I've been meaning to say this to you yeah, for years now. What? For Not years, but yeah. a year and a half. It's the Red Skull. What do I say? Red Skull. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, every time, every time I'm like, I don't, he's on a, he's on a roll. I don't want to interrupt him. And oh, I don't know okay. why it's wide, why today's different. Yeah. But, but you, you, you I just roll through it too fast you, for you. You, you just, you just say like, red you, skull. No, you go red skull. <laughs> it's the red skull. No, it's the red skull. Now I'm thinking no skull, but <laughs> I know. well, in any case, you're right. Right. I mean, every time seems like it's the worst and yet it's all, I mean, this, the same stuff seems to happen all the time, periodically, generationally, we got to revisit it. Um, and, you know, I think Wade could write this story today. But um, he won't. But he won't. Because he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Come you back know? next episode, guys. Because yeah. <laughs> Mark Wade tells us how, whether or not he will ever come back to Captain America. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, I find really interesting, uh, I mean, Wade, you know, is a, is a phenomenal writer. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are in your face in this this two issue story. But mm-hmm. there's also a great deal of subtlety. And one of the things that I think is very subtle uh, and I'm not sure it, it had to be that subtle. I, I think maybe it could have been more impactful uh, if it hadn't been so subtle. But, but it was this idea of a bioethnic virus, right? Right. Because there's, there's no genetic marker for ethnicity or race, right? I mean, it's a social construction. There's, there's no, and by the way, I, I, I misspoke earlier. 
the Russian Tsarich had hemophilia, which is another genetic blood disorder, but different than sickle cell. But in any case, they're both inherited genetic disorders, right? They're not, they're not specific. You know, there's no, there's no racial gene that a bioethnic virus could attack, which is why Mason got it, you know, and there's the irony is that, mm-hmm. as Sam said, we're both dying alike because they're both human, right? Right. Um, and that, like, it wasn't, that was just sort of left there very subtle. And maybe a lot of readers would have missed it, but that's the reality of it is that it was a fool's errand in the first place. Agreed. Nice, n- nice of you to point that out. I, I agree 100%. Which um, is why I think it was the rental. <laughs> What? Hey, Bob, who's Captain America's arch villain? It would be the Red Skull. (laughs) (laughs) So this is funny because I live in New Jersey and every place has an accent. Every place has an accent, right? Um, every and, and every place thinks they don't have an accent. Right, yeah. uh, I am not immune to this. I grew up in Delaware. And I probably am the closest thing to not having an accent. Um, because whenever, wherever I moved, I, I lived in Alabama, I lived in Georgia, you know, wherever. And people were like, I can't place where you're from. Mm-hmm. Because people from Delaware typically sound like uh, they're, they're on the, the six o'clock national news, right? like, they, <laughs> like they don't, you know, like you, you know, they don't have a Southern, they don't have a Northern it's yeah. Atlantic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But here in New Jersey, one of the things I first knew noticed when I moved here was, um, and this is more from, uh, not more, almost entirely from from females than males mm. like i don't see this with males but i see those females there is the silent t in the middle of a word okay so it's not dayton ohio it's dayton <laughs> okay yeah right all right and my daughter <laughs> who is a teenager has this this thing and every once in a while i point it out to her just to mess with her and like yeah oh really oh really you're going to dayton <laughs> <laughs> or you know it's you know whatever um but anyway, i digress i digress yeah. yeah but yes we uh it is interesting as far as uh how, how do we get on this topic well i don't know you were making fun of my pronunciation of retro oh that's right yeah. Yes, it's because you, you 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 do you 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 um you pronounce the wrong syllable. Oh, all right, okay, yeah, interesting. interesting. You you emphasize. I don't know. It's so funny. I mean, I've I have literally thought this since, since episode one. Well, you've we've often remarked that I have a I have a face for uh for for audio podcast, but maybe I don't have a voice for one. <laughs> I don't Only have a, a pronunciation for one. No, you have a beautiful voice for podcasts, <laughs> especially when you're not in the kitchen and you talk a little closer to the mic. Yes, yes. Oh, hold on. I got to go. I got to go flip my toes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Bob. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we already said, everybody, come back next episode, uh, which is going to be episode 78. We're going to talk with um, brilliant 
comic writer Mark Wade, uh, Eisner Award winning writer Mark Wade. Fun conversation. Uh, I was so looking forward to this and it, it does not disappoint. Yeah. So please come back for that. And then, you know, as, as we have been doing um, the first Wednesday of every month is the, our interview podcast. Our second Wednesday of every month is the story about Mark Runewall's the captain. So come back for episode 79 where we do road to the captain part three. And we, we cover Captain America 333 to 335 uh, from 1987. So uh, something to look forward to, Bob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Lots of good stuff. And it's a, it's a, it's a, a cornucopia of audio treats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, um, did I mention this before? I can't remember. I know you said uh, you're, you're a betting man on the uh championship the final two is going to be a kirby versus zek uh-huh i agree that would have been mine as well but because you took that i'm gonna throw in a starenko you know i yeah okay i'm just, hey, listen you you took the the top yeah. two you took yeah. kirby and and, yeah. and zek and 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 listen starenko he only has three covers. He only has <laughs> so, three. Yeah. Right. Where Zek had 30. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't have as good right. odds as you did, but. All right. But. Yeah. I know. I've been, I've, I've been, I've been surprised at some of the, uh, the love for Stranko. I mean, I, I, I love Stranko. I've got those, mm-hmm. those covers. That I've, I, I love Stranko's covers, but. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. But he has a man. He has a cult following. He does. Yeah, it is, is totally a cult following. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I I asked him to be on the show. Did I tell you that? No, no. He was quite the gentleman. Yeah. Said uh, he's super busy and uh, cannot yeah. uh, be on the show. But he, but he at least he returned my response. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of people who don't. So. Yeah. He was a gentleman in that regard. Oh, that's good. You know, he's got a big show going on uh, in Dayton. 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 <laughs> Dayton. Uh, this month. So, you know, anybody's out there should check that out. All right. Free of course, plug. this comes out in April, Bob. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, this comes out March 30th. I don't yeah. know. You missed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See it oh, on YouTube. Tracked. Bummer. <laughs> All right, Bob. You know I don't know if I told you this before, but I've been enjoying wrapping cap with you. It's been fun, man. We got to do it again soon. Absolutely. All right. Well, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. Have you been seeing, um, like, do you watch, um, do you have, do you have Disney plus? Oh yeah. Sure have do. You se- have you seen the, um, trailers for Moon Knight? You know, I've only seen, uh, I think I s- seen the teaser. I don't know if I've seen the actual trailer. Oh, looks like it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't really know much about Moon Knight. Um, so it, it seemed kind of freaky to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see the one, the teaser for Ms. Marvel. Isn't that great? I thought that looked pretty damn cool. So it did. I, I was so excited about it. Yeah. I showed it to Megan and Selena mm-hmm. and um, Megan really liked it. And then like, she was like, she looked at Selena and was like, we have to watch that together. <laughs> yeah. So Bobby's looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's some good stuff coming. I love how Marvel makes every show and movie have its own motif. Like everything's different. It's got its own vibe. Yeah. 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 So. Right. I mean, you know, with the with the little thought balloons and cartoon characters mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like yeah. it's, it's perfect. Like yeah. great. Yeah. I first noticed that in the the first handful of movies, because um, like, okay, Iron Man came out. That was great. And then. Um, Hulk came out, had the same kind of feel to it, but you know, a little, a little different. And then Thor came out, and that was like a fantasy movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then Cap came out, and that was like a period piece, like a World War, like a right. you know, like a, yeah. a, a war period piece, yeah. And it was like this is cool. Like they yeah. like each one has its own. It has its own thing, but and yet they're connected. Yeah, you yeah, know, and then, there's touch you points know, of reference. Right, like Doctor Strange has, you know, that feel to it. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and then, um, I don't know. And then, yeah. like even even the Cap America movies, like Winter Soldier had that like that seventies espionage kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. You know the way it was directed. Yeah, um, I know. And now they're really they're really starting to sort of head off in different directions, you know, with the multiverse of madness. And uh, there's supposed to be some. I, I guess there's going to be some Scarlet Witch movies, maybe in the future. Maybe. And, but it's sort of been a rumor. Yeah, but then and, they did the Disney Plus, and it was like, oh yeah, that's, the Vision and Scarlet Witch series was like, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, we just watched it. it again. Bobby and I just watched that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, and then it was fun the second time through too. So you know, it's yeah. funny if you talk to people who are aren't Captain America fans. Not, no, I'm sorry. It's not that they don't like Captain America, but they're not like us. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They're that's less. like that's like their least favorite Disney Plus series. You know, it's like WandaVision and Loki, you know, and, you know, are all these, you know, well, you know, thought uh-huh. of, you know, maybe, you know, but then it was like, yeah, I don't know. Captain America, I mean, uh, Falcon and the Soldier was. <laughs> I know, that's, I find that odd, but. Um... Whereas Megan, Megan loved that series because she was like, I had no interest in this series until I watched it. Like it wasn't until like, cause, cause those characters meant nothing to me from the movies, right. but, but the TV series, ex, you know, gave them the, the room to grow 
mm-hmm. and expand on their characters and, and got me to really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think people were crazy about Hawkeye. Um, although I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining and I did too. Um, I loved Hawkeye. Yeah. I thought it was well done, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's, they expect to see, you know, when they think of superheroes, they expect to see something different, right? They expect to see sort of feats, like, you know, the Scarlet Witch does magic, right? Right. So, um, well, what they expect from Hawkeye then? Right. You know, that's just it. Maybe they, you know, that's a little bit of a letdown, right? Because he shoots arrows and he's clever and, um, and and Winter and Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier was a lot uh, like a buddy movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So it was about advancing that story. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. And don't get me wrong, loved WandaVision, loved Loki. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. I did too. So, you know, just a lot of sort of big, big CGI things happening in those films. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe people and people people who aren't really into the comics uh, enjoy that stimulation. You know, the bigger the better, right? So I don't know. All right, let's get to number nine. 